Hello, cunts and assholes. How's it going? I don't know what to say. Like, this is a pretty big deal. Like, like first of all, seventh podcast. We got the audio right. Finally, seven episodes in. What a good time to get even balanced audio going, right? <laughs> but we got Kyle A there. And he's just so cool. Like, he's so positive. You can tell why he, like, why he plays the character. Every character, he has a lot of, like, either, like, characters looking for, like, internal motivation, has, like, some big internal struggle, like, to overcome because they don't want to be this thing. They want to be the, they want to define themselves or whatever. But he is so freaking positive and so happy. Like, it's a, it's a weird energy. It, and, and, and not weird energy, just like energy that comes in, and then he, it's just so freaking positive. So I was lucky that he walked in and just ran into him. I asked him to do my podcast, and he said yes. And I was wow. And I didn't. And the thing is, I don't want to. You probably like, did you get him to do voices? No, I didn't get him to do voices. I'm kind of upset. I didn't ask him what he defines as a sandwich. That was a concern. I forgot that question. I wanted to ask him about sandwiches and how he feels. Like, does he feel like a taco is a sandwich? I think a taco is a sandwich. And let me tell you why I think a taco is a sandwich. Anything's a sandwich and it has a piece of grain and then it's centered by a meat or some type of filling, okay? I, I would even say a Boston cream donut is another version of a sandwich. A lot of things are sandwiches. If you just if you just just expand your mind, bro, and understand that sandwiches can be anything. And we can treat people like the way we can accept the sandwich, because that's the problem. That's not a sandwich, that don't belong over here. No, it's it's a good sandwich. Jesus. I'm not gonna talk about it anymore. I'm gonna talk about this podcast. And what we're doing here at Randomly Relevant. And that is bringing basically random content. If I can speak to YouTubers, if I can speak to someone who works at Netflix, if I can speak to anybody just to pick their brains about the industry that I love. And that's entertainment. That's content creation. And I'm just obsessed with it because for me, it helped me a lot, a lot of times. Like, a lot of the characters that Kyle has played has given me a lot of inspirational words and wisdom, in a way. So, and he was able to convey that and able to make it believable because he's so fucking good at what he does. But more importantly, he believes it himself. And and it just radiates off him. He seems like the happiest guy ever. Like the happiest guy ever. And so I, I'm going to I'm going to take that energy. I'm going to take what he told me and take what he told me off the off the podcast. And I'm going to use it. So you know, just saying. If you was hating on me, you was doubting me. Oh, I'm about to give you a whole other reason to start hating me. Yep. That's I'm going to I'm going to let that go. I'm going to give you a whole other reasons to start hating me. <laughs> Um, well, anyway, this is my interview with Kyle, and we just shot the shit, had a really good time. Funny guy. All right. TTYL. See you later. I'm doing great. It's, uh, it's been, uh, let's see, a week since I came back from New Orleans almost, and uh, almost got all the weight off that I put on. <laughs> Every time I've seen, like, watch the travel show, it is, the first thing you do is eat. I mean, you're around, right, you're around good food. You're around that food. You have to blow your diet. You have to say, look, I'll, I'll just go back. As soon as I get home, I'll go back to being good. But when you're there, you got to be bad. That's good. I, I mean, well, I think that's what the whole video is built on, right? Absolutely. <laughs> and it's ironic that, it, you know, the world's best heart surgeons are also based there. So when you get heart disease or have a heart attack because of all this great food, you just go across the street to the nearest medical center. <laughs> Don't take care of it. Feel like we've seen this problem before. It's like ran into a mechanic. Like I've seen this mustard radiator forty times. <laughs> right. It's like we know. 
Wayne out. <laughs> um, well, how did you start doing getting into voice acting or like? Man. Well, I, I go, back, go back to being a kid when all kids just absorb and, and live, breathe cartoons, you know? And my dad's explaining to me in probably seven or eight, watching Looney Tunes, which at the time was the big thing on TV, mostly on Saturday mornings, but also after school, which are these classic Warner Brothers animated characters, you know, Bugs Bunny and the classics. All that, all that stuff. And he was telling me that Mel Blanc was this great comedian who started off in radio, then had his own, you know, worked on TV and everything. And then he became this genius actor hired by Warner Brothers to, to, to voice all of these characters. And I, I was, oh. that helped plant the seed pretty early on. I was also enamored with radio, so I wanted to be a DJ. And I was grown up in the 70s, so. You know, turntables were a thing. Now they're, they're they're coming back. You know, the vinyl revolution is is coming back and everything, which is great because now I collect vinyl. But as a kid, I would take albums on my turntable and a cassette recorder, and I sit there and do a, like a pretend radio station, and I do like mock commercials and stuff. The thing is, I was painfully shy. You know, so it's like I didn't get involved in school plays really, unless I was forced to, because I hated the idea of having to memorize dialogue and maybe. Oh God! I've been so, oh the fright, the stage fright, and all that stuff. That's always seemed hard to me. That's yeah. always seemed hard to me. Like I, can, I can remember ten questions for a test. Yeah, sure. But remembering like, uh, like remembering like the words, and then at least trying to get or trying to get close to them, and then remembering the emotion that goes with that words in yeah. front of everybody. I'm okay with that. And, un- and unlike VO, it's not like you can go back and start over with another take. It's like right. what you put out there is live. The audience sees it. You're you're at your most vulnerable. And, and all that, you know, you know, the people that, that do want to do this, I always strive to say, you know, keep your eye, your, your mind open because any sort of acting experience and training you can get on camera, on stage or whatever is going to help you because voice acting is just another type of acting. Um, you know, you're just, you're channeling all the physicality of it and sometimes the the vocal quality too because you know you're on stage you're sitting there projecting to the audience and voiceover has the ability to be a lot more intimate you know with, with recording levels and stuff that the audio engineers can sit there and tweak and make your whispers sound as powerful and intense <laughs> as a scream you know <laughs> but you as the actor it's on you to, to sit there and bring the performance so I have taken a lot of acting classes since I got into voiceover I first became a DJ. I, I went to uh, the University of North Texas, right outside of Dallas. Right. And I got a broadcast degree in radio, TV, film. I just lumped those three together. Yes. And uh, I, I mean, well, back then you kind of had to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, like now, it's it's so crazy, uh, crazy segmented. Matter of fact, when I was in school, mm-hmm. uh, by the time I graduated, the essentially what you needed to know had changed like three times. It's crazy because of mean, technology that just that boost, like between what was it, 2009 and 2014, there was like just way different trends. Matter of fact, and I do know the professors are there, they're listening to this, but the way they were teaching, like how to get news across, was outdated compared to how I was consuming news, yeah, or how I was consuming entertainment. And I would, so I would sit here and do projects a certain way, and they'd be like, Well, you really shouldn't do it that way. And I'm like, Well, they. And it's kind of hard to fight them on it, but I was like, I understand what you're, you're saying and that I need like these rules, but if I want to go into a particular field or I want to I kind of need to do it this because it's how everyone's consuming it and then show them examples and they would, they would still give me a seat. Sure. I mean, <laughs> I was in college in the early 90s and 
taking an audio production class. This is all before the internet, all before, you know, we use computers for everything. Back then you had analog reel-to-reel tape. Right. So you would record audio in a, in, you know, in a radio station. DJs would record the callers on the request line, and then they'd have to, while this, the song is playing, they have to sit there and hurry and edit and take a grease pencil and mark the beginning and the end of the edit oh points and God. take a razor blade and slice and then get some splicing tape and, and tape it up again. Yeah, yeah, that's what we had to do. I am so lucky to grow. <laughs> yeah, technology, man, it has oh made life God. so much more convenient. Right. So I can only imagine with films, they probably have to take a little micro, you know, a little glass or whatever, to do and and uh, cut and paste the same way. Yeah. Like, I mean, well, it's the same thing for film students when you're actually physically cutting film as opposed to on an avid or or you know, do without thinking. <laughs> yeah, and now we can even do that stuff on our phones. We sit there and can edit video, edit audio on the fly. Just like, oh, there's the wave file. I'm gonna hit this point, hit this edit point, boom, gone. Right. You can even make shift. Like, you know what? I want to set it up. Or you can. I'm gonna receive a wave file, but I'm gonna need to turn it into an MP3, and I can do that all on my my phone. Can process that. That's yeah. insane. Like, who would have thought that the Nokia <laughs> mm-hmm. would have upgraded to the point where you can uh, conform, download. I, well, I'm guessing also what's making it good is that it makes it mobile because I'm essentially like, I don't know, you would have told me when I was a kid, because uh, it's funny that you brought up about uh, doing the fake radio shows. Yeah. Because when the, uh, I don't know if you remember these, but when uh, Home Alone came out and they had those uh, talk boys, yeah. that's why I used to record uh, like my own little radio oh, nice. programs onto them. And then I would like I would like have the radio blast and they're playing music like outside to like friends or whatever. Yeah. And then I'd be recording my verbals or whatever and just making it. Sure, yeah. Yeah, I remember being in Dallas and, and, and taking that radio degree. Before I, you know, did, you know, I could say, oh, internship. Maybe I can go intern at a radio station or something. And luckily in Dallas, there was a radio network uh, owned at the time by, well, they were independent. Then they got bought by ABC. ABC got bought by Disney yeah. and all that stuff. So I was uh, starting as an intern on radio, learning some stuff behind the scenes and then getting to, to be on the air. Uh, eventually, I got to be on a hard rock format, which I was totally at home with. Like, Man, I'm a rock DJ. This is awesome. And then I go from that to kids radio. I go straight from introducing Metallica and Slayer to Hanson and the Spice Girls and to Weird Al. But Kid Fox songs. Yeah, yeah. I, my DJ name was Squeege. And I used to be on Radio Disney back when they started in 1996. Wow, that's still, I mean, considering the time, that's way, that's kind of ahead of the curve. Kids radio, yeah, yeah. it was in an experimental stage because it was untested, so they went on AM, and then eventually, and, and they are to this day, now they've eliminated terrestrial radio altogether, they're just an online digital format, and, you know, aimed at kids, just clean top 40 pop and all that stuff. <laughs> By the way, that's my fear. Yeah. That's my fear. It's, it's like doing a kids production, only because of the overwhelming positivity that I see on the shows. Uh-huh. Like, they kick. They can't be that positive all the time. No. <laughs> you see the disturbing underbelly of those like kid TV stars and where they end up. Like, right. Oh. Like, like, because they never dealt with anything negative. Like, <laughs> they didn't have a childhood because they were pushed into show business. That's that's its own topic for another day, right? Yeah. Oh it's man, yeah. Show. I actually don't even want to. Like, <laughs> all the things you just hear is like, okay, like what was going? And because again, because of the internet. Yeah. Uh, I get with the good and the bad. I guess because I think you, some people look at internet as a hindrance, or that it's too much. I think honestly, our brains just haven't like evolved to the point where we can accept all that information at once yet. 
Well, I think uh, it has created a whole new category of ADHD. You know, it's like we're really short attention span, and then we have the YouTube generation, and we expect things to be quick and, and concise and to the point. Otherwise, we tune off to the next big thing. That's why Facebook and social media are such a thing, because it's blurbs. It's sound bites. Everyone wants short, quick. Like, What's my friends up to? Oh, they're making casserole. Okay. Uh, this guy's mad about Trump. And this person, you know, and just scroll, scroll, scroll. That is so, yeah, that's way too much. That is way too much. Yeah, yeah. You never thought. Even even the millennials probably growing up were just like, I had no idea social media would, would become such a thing. And you know, I missed it so much. I missed it so. I messed up so much. Only in the aspect that if I had, because I didn't get the point of networking. And networking mm-hmm. even seemed like hollow to me. Like, oh, you're talking to a person because they have something you need. I'd rather just have things come up organically. Like that's not. But yeah. but I mean that's the way you could twist it or. Like, well, not even like, like right now, that's like a lot of leverage right. with how many followers you have, or if you have that YouTube account, that's leverage to whatever job you may be looking for. Because if you are doing that, or if you're working in the creative field, and you're like, well, what's that? Or, or you know, or people are like, well, I see that you work here, I see that you're working on something. Well, what are you know, what are you working on? And that be able to bring that following with you into that new endeavor. It's funny you, you mentioned that because now there's this, I think, and other actors are behind this too, that it's a rather disturbing trend that people are getting cast because of their followers instead of their talent. Are you right for the role? Like, well, they have 50,000 or a million followers, so maybe we should consider because we can reach their fan base. 100%. And it's like, well, that's great for them. They got cast, but were they cast because they really brought something unique to their their, their audition? And you know, I've even had a case once or twice come through my agency, going, uh, "Would you read for a project that uh, considers casting based on how number of followers you have? If you have over ten thousand, for example." I'm already I'm around thirty-two k right now, so I'm not over ten. Okay, sure. And then I felt guilty for saying, all right, I'm going to do that because are they going to pick me because I have X number of followers? Or are they just going to say, oh, you're a name. You, you recorded on this show and that show. <laughs> it's like this evolved, weird form of uh, networking. Right. It's like, okay, hey, I used to hear you on Dragon Ball Z. Right. What's hiring you for this project? Am I going to say no? No. Why would I turn down work? <laughs> no. I mean, right. Oh, and I... I'm trying to figure out what the introductions are for the podcast, but we are currently talking to Kyle Hubert. He has voiced, and I want to tell you this right now, Gohan was always my most, before the Cell Saga, was always my favorite character. Oh, really? See, now here here we have to do Mythbusters. <coughs> my last name is actually pronounced Bear. Oh. Louisiana French. <laughs> and I voiced the adult version of Gohan, so not Cell. Oh. I mean, Great Sam and on, an adult and the one you hear currently on Dragon Ball Super. Okay, still my favorite character. Well, that's okay. It's the same character, just voiced by thought, an actress. Right. I thought I did my homework. Oh, wow. oh well, that's okay. That's okay because Hebert is a legit name. But uh, I'm from Lake Charles, Louisiana, and Hebert is a pretty common name down there. But my folks moved to Dallas, so I'm basically a Texan. Right. You know, ever since I was three months old. So that's why I went to the University of North Texas. Got involved in the radio scene there, and then that's where Funimation is to this day, Dallas. Right. So that's how I got involved with Funimation. Heard about auditions, being a DJ, because the network of Radio Disney were like, hey, what's the most popular thing on TV? Toonami. What's the number one thing on Toonami? Dragon Ball Z. So they're talking about, you know, they're sitting there trying to get a, a merchandise and promotional deal going, and then they hear about open auditions. They knew how badly I've been dying to do animation voiceover. So to say, well... 
we here call this number schedule they have open auditions this was back in august of 2000 and they do things differently now with the even with the internet obviously you know you're expected to live in the in the area be available at the you know, drop of a hat all that stuff uh, the people that do come in and record on Funimation properties from L.A. or New York or whatever, it's because of that networking and thing. oh, they're already established and everything. But new folks, they definitely have to be local and all that. And at the time, yeah, I started on Dragon Ball Z and got Adult Gohan. That's where I started. Started with bit parts, actually. Because, you know, the you're, you're matching the thing. Oh, I just love how goofy it was. It's totally goofy. <laughs> Some people call him the Jar Jar Binks of Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> But hey, it's like, hey, my check's cleared and I had a blast. So it's awesome if you loved it, but it doesn't hurt me if you didn't. You know, it's like, hey, I'm doing what I like for a living. I'm doing what I love, actually. I'm doing something I'm passionate about. I'm having a blast. I'm getting to travel the world because I get invited to these conventions. Right. And I'm getting to meet the fans and hearing their stories about how impactful. Uh, the projects I've been very blessed to be a part of have affected them, whether it's, hey, you made me laugh or you helped me get me through a, a dark time in my life. I got over depression because I watched Gurren Lagann and your character, Kamina, or, you know, hey, I, I blow off some steam with Street Fighter and play Ryu and like, you know, awesome. I'm glad I can help. <laughs> you came to my job and I was like, because I felt like you did something, because what my rule is, which is kind of crappy, but what my rule was going to be was anyone with the white tag, like one of those white key tags, I want to ask what they do because they're usually one of the production offices nearby. Sure. Or they have a t-shirt on, like, this one girl had, like, a really cool hoodie, it looked, or it looked really comfy, and it had Sega on it. So I was like, hey, where'd you get that Sega hoodie? And she was like, oh, I work there. I was like, what? <laughs> and she had worked on a new Sonic game. Oh, nice. Right. And so, but I, so, I, so that's why I asked you with your t-shirt, will you, you look back at your life? Like, oh, what have I done? What, what have I done? <laughs> and then my world melted once again. Like, it just it, just because I was like, what? Because you, you understand, like, I, I've been a fan of this for so long. Yeah. And so getting into it, and then, like, people just kind of like, oh, yeah, I wasn't this and I wasn't that. Like, Girl Long Gone, yes. Like, it's one of the best ambition series of all time. Like, it's right up there with, like, Outlaw Star. It's up there. Outlaw Star's coming back on Toonami. They're bringing that back because Ghost in the Shell is about to get to its end of the run. So they run these classics. They've run, you know, Cowboy Bebop a billion times. I don't think they've ever stopped. They've never stopped. I know, exactly. But, you know, now, thanks to social media, Toonami is, is flourishing again, probably even better than before. The ratings are through the roof and, and the awareness of these brand new shows. And uh, I think they can't make them fast enough, which is unfortunate. That's true. Yeah, that's a plus and a minus. The industry folks in in Japan warned, it's like, you know, yeah, we can keep up with the demand, but the quality is going to go down. It's just like, you know, yeah, crank it out on the assembly line. You're going to get like one gym over the course of 20 or 30 shows, and some are going to be clones of that one gym. You know, you see all the knockoff shows and things that aren't as good. Well, you know what, and this is, I'm probably going to get a lot of heat for this, but it seems like Yu Yu Hakusho, like, embodies all of what anime is now, mm-hmm. as far as, like, the tournament style of battling, because they're even sure. doing that on um, My Hero Academia. They had, like, a tournament, like, like a couple episodes were tournament-based or whatever. Was it Hunter Hunter kind of similar? Hunter Hunter, yes, like, it's a, it, and I guess not any of it works, why yeah. throw it out. So, I mean, that's what, you know, that's what makes people like it or, you know, because it's still, uh, I guess, some form of competition. Because they even started, because Dragon Ball Z even started bringing back that tournament at some capacity for each series almost. Mm-hmm. Like, even now with the, with Super, it's basically like, 
um, either they are universal equivalents, which I guess is giving the artist like because I I see the uh, like the extra drawings of like what um, cooler could look like, yeah, uh, or PyCon could look like, and so mm-hmm. I guess now they're getting a chance to use those doodles in Super for the universe battles, which makes it really cool. Female Saiyans, who to thunk? That turns into Brawly. That's <laughs> I've never had the shit scared out of me by because I didn't expect that. Right, yeah. So when people say, "Hey, you know, are you excited for you know Gohan?" Because if if you're watching it in Japanese right now, in 2017, you don't have a choice. YouTube just spits it out at you at this point. Like, yeah. <laughs> like you'll like it. Don't worry. Don't like worry about exploring. This is what you're gonna like. But how do you know you're gonna like it? Hey, now is the best time to be an anime fan because you have legit sources. You know, for a cheap, cheap price. You know, subscribe to Crunchyroll, get the ad-free version. You know, Funimation, Viz. They have all these great things, and now with Netflix and Hulu, there's so much anime out there you can get on the cheap. Even now, VRV, there's a station VRV that brings in Crunchyroll and Funimation videos all together. Oh, okay. I wonder if that's a pirate site because that doesn't sound very legal. But yeah, you know. (laughs) They have advertisements. Oh, Uh -oh. they have advertisements. Careful though, because they're you know they're paying their server costs. True. You know, so so careful who you donate your money to. <laughs> give, it to, give it to yeah. the official releases. That's what we're going to do. Please support the official releases, folks, because if you don't, they're going to just suddenly end for no reason. It's like, well, that was a crappy ending. It's like, well, <laughs> you couldn't really make it. Yeah. But how do you feel about the abridged versions of things? I think it's like really good free advertisement for sure. It's for, for, for the new generation who haven't seen it and they think, oh, Dragon Ball Z, Hockey Show, that's too old. That's, that's what dad and grandpa watched. Like, I can't really believe that people like think that. Like really, you know, like Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, but that like it's gonna be like yeah, that's that's that old stuff. Like, that's no. old stuff. But today's parents and grandparents, you know, they're they're like, oh, my childhood's back. Dragon Ball <laughs> Super is huge again. Dragon Ball Z Kai yeah. is giving people a, a good uh, flashback to the Z days and everything. So it's like, oh my god, this is amazing. And now because of Dragon Ball and, and Toonami's point. <laughs> I'm really. I'm going to make your life easy now, and I'm going to. I'm going to transition into something that you can pick up from the last one before I started saying Sony. Um, this is such an exciting time that you're you're getting the eyes and ears of Hollywood. I mean, yeah, we've had Ghost in the Shell get adapted into a mainstream movie, and yeah, it kind of failed because you know <laughs> what was it? It was. It wasn't as good as I wanted to be, but better than expected. If that makes it sense. is better than expected. I watched it. I I, I recently got the 4K disc because I'm a 4K nerd. <laughs> it's like visually beautiful. I can see why people and the hardcore fans complain because they made it more like RoboCop and they, they kind of got away from some of the things that made Ghost in the Shell yeah. a great manga and a great anime. But I also understand the plight of the, uh, the the studios to make something palpable for mainstream audiences. Exactly. Just the way that Marvel is succeeding now. More so than in comics, people equate Marvel with the cinematic universe. They're struggling as a comic publisher. Same with DC. They're they're hoping that things like Wonder Woman and Justice League are going to help get them out of the slums as far as the comic books are concerned because you thought that their comic sales would get a boost because everyone went to go see the Avengers and and Iron Man and Thor and all that stuff. And while the movies get huge money, the comics barely, they barely make a, you know, 90% of their profits are for the movies. Wow, um, I did not know that. But the crossover potential here, getting the eyes and ears of, of people at Disney, Marvel, uh, Sony, Paramount, Fox, all paying attention to all these different pop culture things. And, you know, it's a great time to be a fanboy or a fangirl of yeah, any of this. Yes, yes. Well, the 
uh, with the with the Marvel, I'm actually shocked about how uh, the movies are keeping up, but people tend to forget, even because they're always arguing, well, it's not going to be as good as the book. Well, it wasn't meant for you. Honestly, Correct. they know that you're already going to see it, regardless of how the quality is or how it turns out. And my bias with Ghost, now that you said it, my bias with Ghost in the Shell was I saw it in theaters, okay. and I saw it in full IMAX, super duper 3D. The way so it was that, meant to be, yeah. So the opening scene was incredible, and I was like, this is already ahead of its time. Like once, if if those holograms come into play, the the movie. The problem with the movie is that it's it's kind of funny, but because with animation, why it has um, an advantage over the real thing is that they can attempt to do things on a much smaller budget or a simpler budget, but go to the extreme, i.e., showing going out to space and do instead of doing a green screen, which you have to do in real life. Mm-hmm. But so maybe that's why I had a bias into a bias towards. But also, they didn't hit a lot of the main theme because she was really questioning. Not who she was, but if she wasn't even really alive anymore, and right. were these programs or like, and were these pro, uh, were these programs like, uh, uh, was she just a brain that was programmed to think that it was alive? Like she was really questioning a lot of things, right? Um, and just didn't really, they did, they, they barely scratched the surface. Like you know, I, I guess it was good that he thought about the parents, but again, it's for it's for to get those other people mm-hmm. to get the you know, so you can bring your girlfriend, so you can bring your parents, and like hey, this is what I'm into, and this is like. The, the junkie part of it. Yeah, but the, the interesting aspect about all these really cool rhetorical, philosophical questions about existing in a world of technology, they are masterfully portrayed in this, uh, this British series. It's on Netflix. There's three seasons called Black Mirror. They're all self-contained. It's like Twilight Zone. It's like a anthology series. <laughs> Black Mirror is so cool. It talks about simultaneously the the wonderfulness of technology and the scary nightmare oh my god we're we're, we're imploding society as a society whether it's robotics or or cell phones and social media it comments on all of that brilliantly i got to that what i think was the third episode and i'm they're into what i perceive as a computer Mm -hmm. but i guess like they generate wattage and they get credits for doing that yeah but then the um what I didn't have, what I had a hard time understanding is, I guess, when he's in his like his own personal space, whatever pops into his head just goes on the screen. Mm-hmm. And so uh, he falls in love with this girl and everything's awesome. And then uh, he gets her on, like, what's this American Idol? And then she ends up going for porn. And I was like, that's, that's, that, that, I took a nap. I just put it down. And it was like, I don't need that reality. <laughs> it's like, it's harsh. It's like a big slap in the face wake up call. It's like, there's good and there's bad. There's, there's another great episode called San Junipero, which I don't even know if that's a real place or not. But it's, uh, it's basically, uh, well, I don't want to spoil it. It's, it's like, it's so cool to, to watch. But they haven't seen it by now. Like, like being able to, like, here's the basic concept that you could, you could grow old, but they could control your memories to where you could, you know, if you're sitting in an old folks home, remembering that old stuff, you could actually go back and experience that still as a young person. Oh, yeah. Like, yes. almost like it records your experiences. Mm-hmm. This also goes back to an older movie I remember called Brainstorm. Christopher Walken was much younger than 1982, where you'd put this big contraption on your head and it would record your experience, whether sexual, whether on a roller coaster, whatever, and it would tape it as you see it. That way you could go back and experience it like a virtual headset. Oh, God. Relive your memory in full sense. You know, the smell, the, the, the taste, the texture, everything. Oh, that's... Uh, Think how cool those. and yet how horrible that would be. Right. How that would be abused. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, even like... 
I guess like Christmas for some people it would help them with closure. Like if they knew like well their what was their last moments like. There's closure. Uh, there's also hijacking of your memory. Though. Seeing the horrors of addiction. You know, what if oh, there's an no. addict? Yeah. Someone addicted to whatever, drugs, porn, girls, whatever it is, and they just choose to relive that, through that virtual memory. And not destroying their bodies anymore. Yeah. Yeah, that would be beneficial. I can see that. Destroying I, their relationships, everyone they love around them, people leaving them because they're, they've lost. What know? if, no, because here's here's what I know would be the worst thing for for relationships. Okay. Like, remember you said that thing? I Hold on, wait. <laughs> like... Because anytime, anytime, even like if you run into someone after a breakup, you walk away from them uh-huh. because you don't want to rehash old stuff. Correct. And so like that you have like now you have that argument because because we're we're all slaves to one our memories because they are incorrect from time like you do remember things incorrect and basically what would happen is is that you'd be in an argument with someone and then all of a sudden you're like well no I didn't actually say that thing you play back well I guess. If, if you have two different sets of memories being played back, wouldn't your memories be subject to how you were feeling at the moment and that's what you're perceiving? Right. It's like, would that be an accurate quote recording? It's like, I didn't say that. And you play it back and like, no, no, it's altered by what I think I said. Right. Yeah. And, so, and you got people like Deadpool who can break through the fourth wall, so he's editing his memories. Dude, that's me. <laughs> Deadpool for president. Right. That's all I got to say. Oh my god. Like they catch him in the interrogator and I don't see what that could happen. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, and apparently, uh, are you able to talk about your newest project? Uh, it's the one, it's a manga on Mars, Terra, uh, Terraform Mars. Have oh, Terraform Mars. Uh, all I can say is that generically, that yeah. uh, it's a show that I thought just came out of obscurity. I read and, the first line of the plot, and they're talking about. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I thought was I was like, that's weird, but all seriousness, genius. As yeah. far if you're going to do it, like do that and deal with it. Basically, these cockroaches come go out, and they're yeah. able to plant this algae that will uh, absorb sunlight, and then will change the uh, atmosphere of the planet. Yeah. That's that's how you should do it. <laughs> I mean, there aren't titans in it, but it does have an Attack on Titan apocalyptic feel. Oh, later. Oh, wow. You know, okay. uh, yeah, it goes in some very, very interesting places. And, Did you, know, you eat anything? No, I'm, I'm good. I'm okay. good. I got a big salmon dinner that will be cooked tonight by my lovely wife-to-be. So, <laughs> very, very happy. The salmon that we bought the other night, actually, uh-huh. just down the street at yeah. the supermarket. So, I, I work at a supermarket, and I try to trick people into doing my Right, it's like here, take the skin off. It's like you, but are you sure? Because all the vitamins are in there. Like, yeah, yeah. I try to, I try to let people know in case, because I feel like if you, especially if you buy something, yeah. get all your money out of it. Absolutely. So I always, I always just let them know like, I have zero problem with doing this. It actually is a good exercise for dexterity. So like, what? And then like, no, take it off. All right, just thought I'd say my spiel. Yeah. <laughs> the store doesn't tell me to say that. I, t- I tend to add so much extra work, but, but that's I don't know. I just. I enjoy interacting with people a lot. That's great. And I love seeing the smile, like when someone says they can't. Like you, you've had that. Like you, I'm like you get off from work and you're like, I'm going to have a steak and a one sauce, and you get somewhere and that's not there, and you don't even <laughs> want. And you, and you want to be like an adult and a mature person about it. You're like, sure. I'll just get something else, and you try to, but your heart was really set on that steak or whatever. Totally, totally. I'll be going through sessions and be thinking about daydreaming. It's like, what's for dinner tonight? What's for, oh, I can taste it. Oh, my God. I just have to get through one more hour. One more hour. Ah. What is a recording session like? A session is basically I am a cold slate. I am clean. I, I, I don't know anything. There's no rehearsal. Mm. Um, I show up to the session 
at the time allotted, I mean, you're texted or called or emailed, like, hey, are you available at such, such time, such, such place? And once I show up, the director will tell me, it's like, all right, you know, I might know the, the name of the project we're working on ahead of time, but sometimes not. So the director will say, catch me up, like, we're working on this, it's a movie, or this is a series, here's your character, and, you know, this is what happens, this is what we're going to be doing today. And if it's a, a dub that we're, you know, taking from Japanese, we're going to preview each line. We'll record one actor at a time because we have to preview each line to watch the cadence and then how loud or soft to make the delivery and all that. And then we record it. So we have to have good cold reading skills. We're seeing the script for the very first time. We're seeing the footage and then go. Beep, beep, beep. And the fourth imaginary beep, that's where you say your line. Sometimes you can get it in one take. Sometimes it takes five or six to finagle like the right performance. You know, you're sitting there taking direction. The director says, tweak this, go faster, slow this part down. Da, 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 da. And um, yeah, yeah. Oh wow. Okay, that's. A, <laughs> I thought I I thought with the report sessions where we're either a we're recording people separately, <clears throat> then giving them the direction. Yeah. No visuals, but it would pretty be pretty hard to voice act without. <laughs> well, that's right. Well, that's what we do with the video games. A lot of the cutscene stuff, maybe that stuff's not even being animated yet. Or if it has, it's just very rudimentary. It looks like, uh, you know... Like stick figures, basically? Almost, yeah. It's like, where's the mouth flaps? Like, we don't have any. Just, just guess. Oh, no! So we're trying to match the Japanese audio for the timing. Oh, wow. So we're not getting early beta versions of the game. We don't get to see that. We're looking at a script, basically an Excel spreadsheet generated on the monitor in front of us, sometimes an iPad, so we can sit there and, and do that. Sometimes a paper script, but these games... The scripts for those are like phone books. I remember recording for Guild Wars 2, a game that took like four or five years and is still going on. Oh, wait one second. A phone book was a book that was pretty thick that had all the numbers of people out in the city and the area. And I think it was sometimes out of the state, depending where. Like, if you live, like, in, um, I'm from Maryland, you would have the whole DMV area. Yeah. So just wanted to let you know in case you're like, what's a phone In case you're like, I don't know, not in, like, what's a phone book in your playing this while you're watching Twitch Yeah, and they were they were published based on your location. So, so some could be a couple hundred pages, some would be a thousand pages. Right. And they would list every single phone number. Oh my God, I'm getting old. I can't believe that we have to, we have to explain what's a phone book. Yes. Like, yeah, I had to explain right. what a floppy disk was to a coworker. How about I a landline? What's a landline? <laughs> a cordless phone? What are those? What, a cordless a cord- phone? A, cord- a rotary dial. Right. How about that? I liked rotary. I liked playing with it when I was a kid. Right. <laughs> The real one. We had one in my basement. It was hooked up. It was hooked up to absolutely nothing, but it was there when we moved in. Yeah. And I just kept playing with it from time to time. <laughs> I remember getting my, my first internet connectivity in my apartment as an adult. We didn't have computers at home. This was in 99, the Sega Dreamcast. One of their big features was like, you can have internet. It's like, yeah, is it DSL like dial-up modem? I mean, that's... Dreamcast, just way to like, just be, you You can be cursed with doing something too far ahead. <laughs> you can. And I love it. I still have my Dreamcast. I love all those games. House of the Dead, Sonic Adventure. That's where I got introduced to Fantasy Star Online. That's where I got introduced to Soul Calibur. But yeah. Fantasy Star Online, like one of the greatest underrated games of all time. If you've ever I love Power Stone. That was a great fighting game. Oh, yes, definitely. I forgot the one where I never even finished it, but I think. Everyone, like, they were dragon people, and they were not dragon people, and people were hunting the dragon people. 
basically. Which is like the most simplest plot line. We're just, we, we kill the right. guy that's different from us. I yeah. remember House of the Dead too was great because you could get the little gun attachment and play, you know, just like you could in arcades, killing zombies with some of the worst voice acting ever. <sighs> Arcade were places where you could go play video games but you couldn't play video games in your house. Yeah. You're like, what's an arcade? <laughs> it's a physical place. And now if you're old enough, they have themed bars right. in arcades. <laughs> It's like, come here, pay a cover charge, and this place in Orlando, I forgot the name of it, it was great, they paid $15, unlimited play on every arcade game, stand-up, console, they had Duck Hunt at the bar, old-school Nintendo, oh, they had everything. I saw, I saw an arcade being built into the Burbank Mall, and I was like, there's no reason for that big box equipment, you could literally just put uh, <laughs> a game system and a TV. They're going to need some sort of hook, just like I see sports bars are the thing. Imagine the sports, instead of showing football, baseball, basketball, show video game tournaments. Have a gaming-themed right, sport. Stop, because my backup plan is to do that with anime. Go, go do that. Go, <laughs> go make it happen. Like, that's really, oh, man. Like, oh, cause me and my friends were talking about But we were, again, like, well, I guess it's kind of a self-defeatist attitude because you never want to lose, essentially. But sometimes you got to, I don't know, I, I am a strong believer in, uh, learning through failure because you got to pay us. You have to pay tuition one way or the other, whether you well, pay someone for their information or you learn on your own. And it's going to take you ten years to become an overnight success, anyway. <laughs> you just come to terms and accept blood, sweat, and tears. Right? Yeah, definitely. And sometimes, yeah, thousands and thousands of dollars sunk into something that may totally fail and blow up in your face, but you will learn. You will walk away becoming a stronger person because you learned what to do, what not to do, and what you do differently. The hardest one, the hardest failure is, is like the first failure is always the hardest. Only as far as I took mine as the hardest, I tried to do a comedy special mm-hmm. and film it and everything. Yeah. And production value was good. I, on that end, I did well. Okay. Joke end, not so much. Right. Not anyone's fault, but it takes a really long time. Like, and I had, but, well... It had, when, as far as me being a comedian, it had made me figure out, oh, that's how you're a comedian. And it's literally just getting up on stage every night and then working that material. Yeah, like how many open bike nights? I mean, when you try new material, do you sit there and choose the same material over and it evolves and evolves based on the laughs you get? Right, you know? right. And I didn't know that. I could, Well, in Maryland, they shout out to all the bookers. Really appreciate you putting me up. But yeah. so many people want to do comedy, but there's not so many outlets. Yeah. So you're lucky to get like two times a month, and that's really the booker doing you a favor. Like, oh, I see you're hungry, so I'm going to like, you know, all right, I got you. You're going on last, but I got you. Right. So a joke would kill, and I'd be like, oh, all right, well, that one worked. I'm putting that one in my back pocket and never worrying about it again. And then yeah. I'd be like, all right, that joke didn't work. I'll never say it again. That's sure. not really how that works. Yeah. And uh, that's what my, and that's literally what my whole bit, all my bits were, and they yeah. didn't even connect. And so we like it. Just basically, I just didn't get like the highs I were was expecting, and um, I even was like, should I add laughs? I know they add laughs. I'm not gonna add laughs. And so I put it together. It was like not even. It was gonna be my first comedy special, so I named it Origin Story and everything. Just didn't work out, and I really took that. I really took that failure to heart because I was like, I'm not good enough. But that doesn't mean that it just wasn't mean that you weren't ready in the full scope of things. You saw what you had to do by doing it. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't till so I'll be trying again eventually, probably in a year again. But that's what that's what I'm getting is just like everything because now in my, oh yeah, in my major now production they want you to learn how to record everything. Yeah, and it starts with and they start us off with audio. 
Yeah. Because the audio really makes the scene. Well, yeah, you, you turn into something filmed by a fan on a phone or something on YouTube, and it's awful audio. The audio is <laughs> reverberating off the air. You can't even understand it. And it's like, yeah, yeah, quality is absolute. So if you can get a soundboard quality from a show that you're performing, singing, doing stand-up, whatever on, get that, get that source audio for your video, and it will make a difference. Yeah, it's, uh, I learned I learned so much, but it, it took me a while to like even want to try a stand-up and then try even editing anything again. So sure. Just like, uh, but eventually got over it. It took a year. Yeah. <laughs> but that's I guess that's just the I think that's just the way of the beast. And then once you get, you know, once you start doing it more often, and which is which has happened, when you start doing it more often, you find like maybe your net or your flow is, and you're just able to do it again. And so that's why I ended up coming to LA to get more practice at things, to get better at things. I can do stand up any night. I can start doing stand up at like five in the afternoon and stop at three in the morning if I want to. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's good that. Uh in this day and age of technology, people learn more than one craft and they keep an open mind saying, oh, I only want to do this one thing. It's like, well, you may be disappointed. Whereas if you keep an open mind, like I grew up as a kid wanting to only voice cartoons, but I made a career out of doing anime dubs and video games. And I have hardly even done the cartoon stuff. The cartoon stuff is the most fun because you're in the room with everybody doing it like a radio play. You get to watch how you bounce each other off each other's performance. Oh, that's the other way I figured that yeah. they did it uh, with people in the room together. I figured yeah. that'd be the easiest because you can get the chemistry going. Yeah, American cartoons are done that way. Uh, but with like big animated movies, the stars all have conflicting schedules and they're busy filming things that they have to come in one at a time too. So for video games, for anime... And for the big, big, the big name animated stuff from Disney and Pixar and all that, uh, they have to come in one at a time. Wow. God, you guys be patient to be a project director, or, or just a movie, or even just a movie director. You have to have a lot of patience. You have to be a self-director too, because your auditions are expected to be able to be recorded from home. It saves time, which is great. So you're not, you know, slogging uh, across town to, to make it to your agent's office or a casting director place to read for an audition. But you have to sit there on your own at three or four in the morning whenever you get around to opening your inbox. And, uh, what do they want? They can't advise you. They sent you the script with a little picture and a little paragraph describing them and some lines that show a range of emotion. But it's up to you to decide what is the writer's intent. I'm just going to have to wing it. I That's just have to guess racking. it. I would, come up, I, would, I would seriously come up with five different versions of the same script and not know which one to send. Yeah, yeah. And some are very, very specific, saying only send one take or only send two takes. And yes. you got to sit there. And, and then it becomes, well, I'm at home. I can take all the time I want. But don't do that. You'll, you'll become complacent and used to that. By the time you have to go to a physical studio for an audition, you're in there for one or two takes it and you're out. They're on a time crunch. They gotta get they gotta be read fifty actors in the day and you're one of them and you can't sit there and hem and haw over, I would do this different. How about this? Like, no, you gotta be great at cold reading, you gotta be great at it, at taking direction, and you gotta be great at augmenting your performance. After you commit to something in your mind and they say, No, change it, you gotta be able to change it on the fly. You gotta be good. That's why we always take say, take acting classes, take improv do this stuff, you will be a better actor and people will be more willing to take a chance on the new guy or the new gal because they see that your skills are up to par with everybody else. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm, I actually, I want that at clip and we want to make that movie. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> take classes, be the best person, the best actor you can. I mean, I mean, best anything. Fill in the blank. Whatever your goal is to be an artist, animator, lawyer, 
firemen. I think like you should really learn from more than one place. It took. Uh, there was a cooking show called uh, Good Eats with Elton John, if you're familiar with it. Yeah. And he has a rule about kitchen appliances, and he says no unitaskers, meaning nothing that just does one job. So every tool that I get, or well, well, in his case, everything that I get for the kitchen, it can do more than one thing, because other than that, it's a waste of money. And so I started looking at that as I was a mechanic at one point. I never got any, because that is a waste of money to buy a unitasker. Why should I buy a tool that just depresses a brake caliper when I can get something that will depress the brake caliper and also it can be used as pliers? Mm-hmm. And the same thing with this. Honestly, the recording podcast, the simplest thing was just get a Zoom and I can just get two mics. Yeah. And then that would have been it. But that would have been kind of just a unitask because that's only going to really record sound. With this, though, with this setup currently, I can do live editing while we're talking. Yeah, and you can live stream if you want. Yeah, exactly. So that and that's so that's it's something that came from cooking, but followed over. I, I tend to, I never, basically, I never dis, like discount anyone. Yeah. I, even even if some like even if it's probably the stupid, but like if I had to talk to like a Mayo Yiannopoulos or something, let me listen. Let him get out his full thought because there might be something. It might be the littlest thing or something, but it might, there might be something I can learn from. So that you should all ask why. Well, you know, also my mom used to say that uh, you got two ears and one mouth, <laughs> so you should listen to as much as you talk. It's funny, you, you mentioning cooking, I instantly thought of what my fiance taught me about, and now I just love. We got a cast iron skillet, and everything you cook in there, all the sauces and the ingredients start blending over time. And once you use that, cast iron skillet is awesome. And don't ever clean it with soap. You don't want to get away all the, those great flavors that have been cooked into right. it over the years. Right. Oh, yeah. No, a cast iron skillet, same thing. Same thing. It's a great tool. And, that, and that's how I try to look at uh, skills and abilities. Or another thing, this is what Captain America said to Spider-Man. Because he was telling him about, oh, you have, all, you have powers, but you defeated us without your shield. He was like, my shield is just another tool in the toolbox. They went on some adventure with him, but they found out that he can speak like 18 other languages, stuff like that. And just sure. saying another tool in the toolbox. And that's how I try to look at the current, at my current skill level, or what, uh, but even honestly, what randomly relevant is about is that here's the things that I picked up, and these are the people that I picked them up from. Sure, sure, yeah, and, and tools and toolbox, those are great key terms that people can can remember. It's like when you learn things, you're basically filling your toolbox with right. new tools. Yes. And it becomes your decision. It's a personal decision. Are you going to use those tools or are going to let them just sit there and gather dust? Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Or even, and I know a lot of people, like, they're, you know, they're super talented or even super smart, but mm-hmm. they're kind of scared to put effort in. They're kind of scared of, like, I could either, uh, just just with one coworker, he's like, he basically doesn't want to ask for help. And, but he's really smart. He's a programmer. And he's actually a computer programmer. But he didn't have such a good time at his internship because he was more focused on being the smartest one in the room or the best one in the room as opposed yeah. to the networking environment and surrounding. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm involved in an industry that is competitive. And you have to be great at what you do. But I'm not, by nature, a competitive person. <laughs> <laughs> so I augment that philosophy and like step on other people to, to become the best. You got to be a jerk and all this. I'm like, no, no, no. Just be the best person that you can be. Be your own competition. Don't try to be better than someone else. Just be the best person you can be. And everything else will fall into place. Either you get hired or you don't. Don't take it personally. <laughs> right. You know, and you can be the greatest, most seasoned. You've taken all the classes and did this, this killer demo and you have a great agent and all that stuff and still not get hired. Because you just weren't what they were looking for, and that's okay. 
your 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 day will come. That it just means something bigger, better down the line is gonna happen. I'm also thinking about renaming my podcast. That's okay. The only that's okay because <laughs> right, I I because uh, I'm constantly each podcast seems to be like even if something goes doesn't go that well, that's okay. It's okay. That is. It, and yeah, it totally. That's what um because even even now, like I, it's kind of crazy. I felt like for me personally. I gathered a bunch of tools, and now I just got to LA, and I have to implement those things. Yeah. So even, and honestly, I'm actually having just a ball doing it. Mm-hmm. Like, and so, but I guess that's what what it means to love something. You have to love what you do, otherwise, it's not worth. I mean, there, there's people that have six figure incomes, but they're so stressed and miserable, and they wish they could just go second paint, fear, <laughs> go play a guitar, go do something that's just fun and relaxing. If it doesn't seem like a job then, hey, that's great. If you're able to make a living doing what you love, yeah. hey, life doesn't get any better than that. Yeah, I'm, oh, I'm for sure it does. It's, it's the thing that I'm, it's the thing that that is my goal is to get a chance to do what I love and not, and not even necessarily be rich or even get paid to do what I love, but I just don't want to worry about money. I worry about bills. Yeah, if you can make a comfortable living, right? you know, and a lot of people today with the ad generated revenue on YouTube and Twitch and all that and the ability to, to monetize their content, and maybe, you know, sleep at night knowing that, hey, rent's paid, my car payment's covered, life is okay, I can get groceries, or I can maybe afford sushi once a week, you know, <laughs> whatever it is. Yeah, you, yeah, if you're saying to yourself, I want to do this because I want to be rich and famous and powerful, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. <laughs> totally. Don't manage the a hedge fund and leave the fund for us. Yeah, I'm not going to ever argue that having a lot of money is a bad thing. You can do it. <laughs> now, I'm not rich. I'm not rich. I wish I could afford a Tesla. I wish I could afford a house. I wish, you know, I don't have these things. People think, well, you're on Dragon Ball Z. You've been in the business for 17 years. You must be, like, just loaded. Like, no, I'm not. I do what I love for a living, and I'm able to live in Los Angeles, this expensive-ass state, (laughs) because I've garnered enough work, and I stuck to my guns, and I I believed in, in what I wanted to do. And that's where we are. Do I daydream? Sure. Everyone does. It's human to wish you had a big mansion and live in the Bruce Wayne life. You know, you wish you could do it. But it's okay if you can't. It's okay. It's okay. Because okay. I think, uh, it, it, with the, I, I want to stop saying, I think I know that people worry about material possessions a bit too much. Because yeah. those are supposed to, which, I mean, in society, any, any type of society or civilization, it denoted difference or being better. The king that was, if the king was at the front of his army, he was wearing like a gold-plated armor with a bunch of jewels to scare the enemy. Anyone that knows anything knows that gold isn't going to protect you from a spear. <laughs> Little thing. <laughs> like, like that guy's about to die. Like, yeah. Think about every rich, uh, successful businessman, auteur, creator, whatever. They'd have all the success in life, and yet something like not eating right and getting cancer. It's like, well, you can't stop it. You know, life happens. It's like you had all this fame and fortune, but you still, the downfall happens, whether it's through health or, or people dealing with depression. Yeah. You know, losing a, a great, a comic genius like Robin Williams. It's like he was so successful. What does he have to be depressed about all that stuff? People just obviously miss, are missing the point. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally. It's not even just that. Uh, there's the story about him. He was uh, at a bar right next to a Great Citizens Brigade at one uh-huh. point, and he had been off. He, he'd been stopped drinking, but he was like at that tipping point. 
and someone came in not realizing what he was going through as far as addiction goes, he was like, hey, finish. Oh, you're Robin Williams. Finish your drink, and we're just going to go and just do a couple sets tonight. And that just what set him off for, like, two weeks because without thinking, like, no one saw him as a person. Struck, I looked at him as a person. And I'm still getting used to that. Like, I'm actually... This is probably the best podcast I've recorded only because the, la- uh, the last one I did with the animator of the event, um, not the Adventure Time, but the regular show, uh-huh. all I did was fanboy out with him for <laughs> an hour. And he just was like such a cool guy. I was like, I understand. It's cool. You're not, <laughs> you're not yeah. used to just meeting. Because I used to, I, I used, like I said, I used to consume all this content. And, you know, now you're with, now you meet the people who are making it and, and, are they brought up a point where they represent a character that you like a lot. And it's a bit much sometimes because I'm still trying to look at everybody, but you, we forget that they're regular people. We forget that they got other problems. They have problems. They poop and pee just like you do. They have bills. They have drama to contend with. Everybody. doesn't matter what level you are in life. If you're dead broke or whether you're, you're on top of the world and you're Elon Musk or whatever, you know, it doesn't matter. The dude just came forward on social media and said, I suffer from bipolar. You know, it's like mental health, folks. Hey, if, if I want to wrap up this podcast by saying, you know, something that you could really take away from it, follow your dreams, take baby steps, whatever they are. Seek, seek a counselor, get a therapist, because as, 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 Lauded as people are for taking care and going to the gym and eating right, taking care of their physical selves, we got to get rid of the mental health stigma. Go take care of your brain. Let's get rid of dysfunction in the family and say, well, my mom beat me when I was a kid, and that's why I'm a douchebag. No, no, no. Stop blaming other people. we got to grow up. we got to take accountability. we got to take responsibility. we got to forgive ourselves for the horrible shit we've done in the past. And then move forward. And once you are at peace with yourself and you're digging and staring those demons of yourself in the mirror, it's ugly and it's hard to do and it takes forever. But seriously, seek that out. You're going to become a better person. You're going to be able to pass that knowledge on to your loved ones, your your, your close inner, inner circle. And you're going to feel like, hey, I'm, I'm successful in life because I'm happy. I've forgiven myself for the bad I've done. I've forgiven the others for the bad they've done to me. I'm taking care of myself, whether it's counseling and just a mental attitude or getting on antidepressants to help stabilize. Because honestly, there's people can't help it. Brain chemistry is altered. Right. And there's a bunch of different options, too. And yes, mental health needs to be reviewed because it used to have either A, a stigma or, to be honest with you, not even to believe to be real. And that's more damaging if... You grow if you are one with depression and you grow up in a family that's like, oh, you're just being lazy. Yeah, and take care by all means, take care of yourself physically because I'm type two diabetic. Now I don't need insulin, but I'm type two diabetic, so that means I gotta cut out sugar and all this stuff. I've had to alter my diet. Gluten and dairy, I recently learned, and casein, this this uh, preservative type ingredient, can affect brain chemistry. It affects mood. I mean, if you have too little, uh, too much sugar, it does the same thing as well. Yeah, yeah, and it. it any of that, you know, in moderation, boy, that is a true statement. You don't go overboard. Don't go crazy having gluten and stuff in, in New Orleans because suddenly your brain goes, oh, I'm, I'm back here. Or, you I'm know. angry or, you know, something that would just only minorly aggravate you. Suddenly you go out in a blind rage and you're like, what the hell happened here? Like, who let Bruce Banner in again? Seriously. <laughs> Do a little research, folks. Google uh, how, how food affects mood. It is so true. Diet. Uh, casein, C-A-S-I-E-N, or C-A-S-I-E-N, casein, or casein, or caseinate, 
this is something that's almost everything. So I've cut out gluten and dairy. I'm going to like almond milk and coconut milk and all these alternative things. And I love dairy, but and I and only certain cheeses I can have because dairy is cheese, right? But uh, <laughs> but cheese is so amazing. But no, it will it will kill you. But cheese is so amazing. Oh, <laughs> Jesus! No, not Jesus. Well, I mean, maybe so. Jesus and Jesus. Oh, the bit of Jesus. Uh, but it, I guess with, um, and, uh, with, the, with the mental health kick is yeah. that if you take, you know, you take your car to get checked on, even sometimes if there's nothing wrong and you just know, maintenance. Go ahead. Yeah, you need to do maintenance on yourself. And, and I guess with what makes it particularly hard in America is that we don't have all those little things that even gives, gives us a chance to give us a good mental break from everything. Yeah. Uh, as far as like, I know in Mexico, they go home for lunch. Like the family has lunch together. That's great. Which like that would be great for if you're working a nine to five in the middle of the day. Like you know what? Just give you a nice little reset. Like I had like you know two three customers that weren't so nice today. There's all sorts of great ways to escape. There's meditation apps that you can have on the phone. You can drive to the park, leave your phone in the car, and just sit there and decompress. Uh, Play a video game. Do some watch anime, but you know whatever it is to 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 put put reality on hobbies. Like, we, 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 we've forgotten about hobbies. Like, we've forgotten how to socialize. We get five of our friends together and we're all playing on our phones. Like, I thought we were going to talk to each other. Here, let me text you. I have, well, oh, I guess you can consider that talking. And I, I do miss my friends back home only because we used to just talk with about the most inane, dumb things. Not inane, dumb. Like, we would just come up with a topic about something that we see in an anime. And then, like, like we like our biggest, strongest debate was if Machito was wearing Yamcha's shirt at the beginning of. <laughs> like, and I'm, it's like, I'm, go, I'm not okay with that. I'm like, and then and one day, one of my friends, like, you gotta understand, like, you about to fight one of the strongest people in the universe. You really want to, I'm like, I guess I gotta die. I just don't want to know. <laughs> but, um, we did talk about you did you did say that bridge series were great advertising. Do you think that they're uh, overdone a bit? Overdone? Well, I don't know. I mean, I guess if you're the copyright holder to the original show, you might have an issue with that because they're taking your stuff and they're monetizing with it. But that that is a gray area. But I know as a fan, if I watch a show that's really funny and it's based on a show, I would want to seek out the original show it's based on. I'm maybe a little biased because I'm seeing that footage and I'm thinking of the jokes as I'm watching it. Right. But again, I'm giving something a chance that I might not have. This is like a new way. This, uh, you know, we don't want to repeat of Napster and Metallica, you know, when they tried to sue their own fans. Oh, right. Like yeah. downloading their albums. And like, you know, it's a principle of it all, guys. I know we're already rich and we don't need the money, but it's, like, it's just... Uh, but also, I don't know if you're aware of this or uh, with the new school, but there are a class of voice, uh, maybe future voice actors uh-huh. that are coming from playing video games on Twitch and they're adding their own voices yeah. to the game. That's a cool thing. I think that's an that's a really interesting, innovative twist. I'm all for people getting as far creativity as practice, out there. Yeah, and as far as a practice, it's just something I thought was neat. And so it's nice to ask one of the OGs about it, basically. Sure, <laughs> sure. I mean, I, I don't represent every person. Some people are just vehemently against any sort of a bridge stuff. It's like, that's a fan dub, and they're trying to make money off someone else's property, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I mean, I, I see both sides of, of, of the fence, and I err more on... Uh, I, I think the folks that are working hard and they're, they're making legitimately funny content, that's great. Now take that to the next level. Take that. Take your your genius sense of humor 
and apply that to something original. Makes sense. And let's see. I mean, yeah, yeah, right on the right on the coattails of something that you've established. Uh, take things to the next level. It's like I want to see what the abridgers can do, what, whatever they are. Any successful YouTuber, any successful Twitch person um, has I want always to see what they do. Their set or upgraded their equipment or. We're going to say, hey, we're going to yeah. go into skits now. Yeah, can they go from Let's Plays to something original, you know, something different? Yeah, yeah. I'm all for that, and I think that's a great stepping stone for them. Especially, uh, well, yeah, it's especially now because you have so many, um, now, I mean, well, the, the internet, the world of putting content on the internet is a bit on fire because of YouTube. Have you heard about basically the adpocalypse? Yep, adpocalypse. Yeah, that, that's what we're... I pay for YouTube Red myself, so... I'm paying for the ads. I just I'm wonder. paying for the ads to go away. That's what I do. Twelve ninety nine a month. You got it. <laughs> I'm so happy here. Take my money. Shut up and take my money. Yeah. Uh, we. Yeah, and I, I, I'm wondering, like, is that going to be a? Basically, is that going to be like a? I just don't actually see it in the long run really being a feasible thing. Only in the aspect, like, I'm trying to think because I only will pay for internet from the cable package now. Because I've, I've pulled that plug, so I'm, I'm also worried about like so. So when you pay a cable provider, the money that I'm not paying a cable provider is essentially revenue that can go into YouTube or whatever. But because of that, I can only essentially afford a certain amount of subscribers. If that makes sense, like right, you can't. Right. Like the thing about YouTube that makes it simple and easy is that I can subscribe to other people, and I know that YouTube or YouTube is going to. On their end, is going to worry about the getting the money to the people who make it through advertisement. Well, there's also Patreon too, getting the the, the subscriber based crowdfunding. Correct. You know, people, and I'm going to try that too because I've been a podcaster. I used to host a geek news podcast called the Big Ball Broadcast. I'm thinking about bringing it back, me and my co-host, and only for the YouTube generation. He's like, he's got a lot of time on his hands. Maybe we could add something. We could sit here and record once a week, and maybe you know we'll put it on. We'll, we'll slice each story into its own YouTube video and and try something unique with that. You know, and maybe that was a good time. That was a good time. That was a really good time just because um, I mean if which I'm not trying to sign any change, but if YouTube doesn't get their shit together soon. Because that's what a lot of people are doing. They're doing the crowdfunding now. Yep. And yep. there's even a few uh, people who are like, well yeah, we actually don't need YouTube advertising anymore. So we have our we have support directly. And I guess that's really what you get that was we now because of the internet we have a direct portal from the person making the content or even making the thing, whether that be like a physical table or whatever, going straight out to the consumer now. Sure. As opposed to, I mean, if you think about it, almost everything is essentially a B2B. Sure. Which, they, you know, they're like, well, we, we provide, we know where to get the service at and we're just, we just giving you access to it. Right, right, right. Yep, yep, pretty wild. Well, uh, we're gonna have to wrap up here. Okay, no problem. Thank you for coming, and I, I really appreciate this. Uh, I will, I will not mention the thing that we did not want to mention earlier. Well, thank you, thank you. <laughs> and I can't. I really just can't thank you enough. I'm a really big fan. I didn't. Thank I you. did not know I was. We. I was serving and talking to the uh, person. Who I forgot how it even came up. <laughs> I, just, I, I just try to check, generally talk to all customers. Like you're gonna be with me for five minutes. I might as well make it enjoyable, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> My fiance will make it a point to say, hey, are you a fan of Dragon Ball? Because I'm not like that. I'll be quiet. I still shop at Best Buy in Burbank every week. And, you know, if I buy something I'm on, I don't sit there and go, like, hey, I'm on this. You know, I'm, I'm not that type of guy. But if she's with me, it's like, 
hey, do you know what he's done? I'm like, oh my god, oh my god. There, there are podcasts I've recorded, which I admit, I imagine this is the equivalent of that. There's podcasts I've recorded and I've laughed at my own jokes. <laughs> but, but I imagine like um, a guy named Donald Blumery has this great joke about how like one of the things he does about his music is he does he calls it the car test so record a song and put it in his car and listen to it there if it sounds good there then it's going to sound good anyway sure sure <laughs> and so he goes to go pick up a friend and they're like are you listening to your own music he's like yeah like if you were if you were, if you were a sandwich maker and you go home no one's going to be like you get a little conceited aren't you while well, we're assurance right you get I think you're allowed to like your own stuff. Like you're, you gotta be. You at least gotta be your number one fan. At least your top five own fan. I would think. Well, back when I was editing my podcast, I would be like, I've heard this so much. I I'll, once I know it's good, I'm gonna post it and never listen to it again. <laughs> I just hope someone else clicks on. Hey, download, subscribe, listen. <laughs> But speaking of social media, awareness and all that, you can find me at Kyle A. Bear. That last name is spelt like Hebert. K-I-L-E-H-E-B-E-R-T. Uh, but pronounce A. Bear. Just like, A. Bear is attacking me. <laughs> but look on uh, social media on my Twitter feed and KyleAbear.com for all the latest um, projects that I'm on. I'm Dragon Ball Super every uh, Saturday night. We'll be at the Anime Expo. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Uh, I'll be at, uh, God, depending on when this is post, Otakon in uh, Washington, D.C. this weekend. We're celebrating the 10th anniversary of Gurren Lagann. Anaplex about to drop a brand new remastered Blu-ray box set. Okay, now you hit me in the pills. This will be the first year that I will be the because it was because uh, the because last year was the last year that it was going to be in Baltimore and in Baltimore, Washington, D.C. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, sadness. <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah. Why not check that out and follow my feeds and stuff, and I'll, I'll keep people updated on if uh, my podcast comes back. And, and I'll put a link to in this podcast to all your social media. Well, thank you very much for that, sir. <laughs> no problem. My pleasure. Truly, right. the least I can do for taking an hour out of your day. It is all good in the hood. Thank you, boys and girls, for listening and tuning in. Remember to follow your dreams. Just like anything worth having in life, it's worth fighting for. Go go educate yourself. Become the best you can at whatever it is you want to do in life. Don't ever give up because it will take a long time. Just be at peace with that. Forgive yourself. Love yourself. Go make your dreams happen. With that, I can't think of a better way to end the randomly podcast. Thank you and bye. <laughs> Thank you so much. You are truly, like, clearly a pro. Been doing a few of these. Like you're clearly a pro. No, like the volume was perfect. Your animation is perfect. Just the the way you flow in and out of different conversations. Like, jeez, thank you, man. <laughs> thank you. So um, and yeah, definitely link to it uh, or upload it and then you know tag me in it so I can reshare. I'm following you now.